Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Joshua with part two of this message entitled, When God Laughs, Watch Out, The Divine Doctrine of Judgment. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 10. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Oh, God, help your people to grow in faith, that they may receive greater comfort and they may have great hope in God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let us turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 10, 11, and 12. And he spoke about when God laughs, watch out. In other words, the doctrine of divine judgment. The doctrine of divine judgment. And we spoke, these Canaanites heard the advance of the kingdom of God but these Canaanites hardened their hearts and so thirdly they were hanged judged, punished exterminated and the fourth was they were hanged, punished by the Lord himself let us look at that point The Lord himself punished them. But before we do this, let's turn to the book of Romans and and read chapter 11, verse 22. Speaking to the church. He's not speaking to the unbelievers, speaking to the church. Consider, therefore, the kindness and the severity or sternness of God sternness to those who fell but kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness otherwise you also will be cut off it is comfort as well as warning God showed kindness to you God showed mercy to you God saved you but be careful So there you have the justice and mercy of God. Truth and mercy of God. Holiness and love of God. Vast majority of people in the church have made Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, as one who loves us. And be erased the sternness, the severity, the justice, the holiness part of it. And therefore, there is a lack of fear of this great God. And you see little children and others continuing in the same sin. Why do you think it is? The Bible says in Exodus 20 and verse 20, when God came in such terrible manner, the mountains quake and tremble and it smokes. 
There is thunder and lightning. And now there is the explanation. He came in this manner that you may fear him. And then it is said the fear of God shall keep you from sinning. So let me ask you. Why do you think people sin? There is no fear of God. That's why we need a theology that is lofty. That is comprehensive. That is biblical. And we must preach about the kindness and the severity of God. We must keep that balance. They heard. They hardened. They were hanged. And the fourth point we touched on. They were hanged by the Lord himself. Who is a God of justice. We will look at chapter 10. And verse 10. The Lord threw them into confusion. Not Joshua. Not Israel. But the Lord threw these enemies into panic. He is the actor. He acted sovereignly. And verse 11, as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky and killed more than Israel killed by the swords. And he still does it. And I challenge you to defy him. And you will experience here and hereafter his severity. Let's turn to verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. The Lord gave them. And even the New Testament we are told about the man who was living with his father's wife hand him over to Satan God hands that person over to Satan that his flesh that his body may be destroyed and we are told for this reason many of you are weak and sick and many have fallen asleep the same thing continues on Turn to verse 19. Chapter 10 verse 19. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear. And don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. That is to be destroyed. See the severity of God. And chapter 10, verse 32. The Lord handed Lachish over to Israel. The whole city. And we learned elsewhere that every person in the city was exterminated by divine order. I hope you are getting a different picture who our 
true and living God is. That he is light and in him is no darkness. Chapter 10 and verse 42. All these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign. Because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. He is mighty in battle. He is the great warrior. He is the captain of the Lord's army with their drawn sword that is not put back in the scabbard. He goes out to conquer and he conquers. He goes out to fight and he wins every time. Chapter 11, verse 6. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, because by this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to Israel. How? Slain. And then instruction is given. You are to harm, string their horses and burn their chariots. He does what he pleases and all what he does is just and he does all things for his own manifest glory and he receives glory in his judgment as well as in his salvation he alone is sovereign and verse 8 And the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. They defeated them and pursued them all the way to greater Sidon. To Misraphoth Maim and to the valley of Mizpah on the east until no survivors were left. Joshua did to them as the Lord had directed. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots. We are talking about not the God of the Old Testament. Different from the God of the New Testament. God never changes. He is an immutable God. God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Chapter 11 verse 20. For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts. You know, we read, Pharaoh hardened his heart, and the Lord hardened his heart. If your heart, examine it, if it is being hardened as you are hearing the word of God, then it may be that God has marked you out for destruction. It's a very sobering thought. You harden your heart, he hardens it more to be destroyed. The severity of God. Then the other person softens his heart and trusts in God. And he is shown kindness of God. We must weep today if you are hardening your heart. The Lord himself 
It was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without what? Mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, do you begin to feel a little fear? I hope the Holy Spirit is doing that. A little fear of this great God. And when God speaks, we hear, like Samuel, speak, Lord. Your servant here to do it. That soft heart. And the Bible says that God is able to take the stony heart out and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 11. And may God do just that. Take the stony heart out and give you what? A heart of flesh. Heart that is responsive and sensitive to God. Enough to do his will. Let's turn to uh, the book of Revelation and to picture in our mind who this God is, this Christ is. And I'll read from verse 11, chapter 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and what? Makes war. Well, we only saw him as nice, kind. We never associated him with what? Making war against his enemies. His eyes are like blazing fire. And we read that in chapter 1 of this book of Revelation. And on his head are many crowns. Crown him with what? With many crowns. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the great and mighty God. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Why is that? He is making war. And his name is Word, is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. And we saw him in Joshua 5.13 as the captain of the Lord's army. With a drawn sword in his hand, the same Christ. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth, that is the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sovereign Lord. Under whose feet God has put all things. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. That comes from Psalm 2. Iron scepter means inflexible. God doesn't change. 
he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty he meets it out the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in wickedness on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written who is he? king of kings and lord of lords do you fear son? do you tremble son? enough to forsake your sin enough to respond to him in obedience enough to keep you from sinning and I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midday this is the great feast that this king of king and lord of lords is giving to the birds of the air gathered together for the great supper of God there is a banqueting feast for us and there is a supper for the birds so that you may eat the flesh of kings notice generals and mighty men of horses and their riders and the flesh of all people free and slaves small and great and that's what you find in the book of Joshua chapter 10, 11 and 12 it is pointing to this final conflict final war and final triumph of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to manifest his glory in his severity and judgment let's turn to Revelation chapter 20 and let me read from verse 11 this is the great white throne judgment then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it earth and sky flood from his presence and there was no place for them and I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened another book was opened which is the book of life the dead were judged and all judgment is given to the Lord Jesus Christ and God will judge the secrets of men through Jesus Christ as my gospel declared says Saint Paul the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books he knows everything we have thought and we read the 33rd chapter of Westminster Confession that speaks about God's judging our thoughts and our words and our deeds as recorded in the books the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what he has done that death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire the lake of fire is the second death if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown cast into the lake of fire you see the severity of God it is foolish to think that God is just nice God permits us 
to sin to our heart's content. There are churches whose purpose it is to give you fun. Going to church is fun. Well, what they are doing is they understand that people like fun. And they also understand fun comes through sin. Therefore, the church is designed to give you fun. In other words, the church will say nothing about how then you should live. You don't have to forsake evil. You can have your evil and be known as a Christian. And the church will promote your fun in terms of having no discipline or government in the church, no preaching of the true word of God. So here it is. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is empty now, but time is going to come. It is designed for the devil and his angels, and you will read that they all will be thrown in due time, including every person who served the devil over against the sovereign Lord will be thrown into the lake of fire and that is the eternal condition of every person who defied Jesus and his gospel. They heard repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They rejected that offer. And so now the fifth point. This is very important. So they heard, they hardened their hearts, they were hanged, they were hanged by the Lord himself, and now all of a sudden, the Lord himself was hanged. So what is this? The incarnate Son of God, our Lord Jesus, never killed anyone, yet he was killed he was hanged so we asked the question what, what is this he became a suffering servant he became obedient even to the death of the cross we are told he died the death of those five wicked kings remember what they did to these five kings they were ordered to lie down in the dust. The chiefs placed their feet on their neck and humiliated them publicly. And then they were killed and they were put on five trees until the evening. And the death Jesus Christ experienced was that type of death. Who was he? He was without sin. He was the eternal son of God became incarnate in order that he may live and die. He was without sin. They killed him. They hanged him on a cross. They charged him with blasphemy. They called him a cursed one. Everyone who hangs on a tree is a cursed one. 
Deuteronomy 21 tells us. He who knew no sin died as a sinner. But the truth is, a curse is pronounced on us according to the scripture. Deuteronomy 27 and verse 26 says this, Cursed is every man, cursed is every man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. In other words, cursed is everyone who will not fulfill the law in its entirety all the time. That particular scripture condemns every man except the Lord Jesus Christ. We were the lawless. We deserve to die the accursed death of the cross. We were like the five kings whom Joshua killed and hung on five trees as the scripture commanded him to do. So what is this? That he who knew no sin became sinner and was crucified and suffered the death of a cross. The death of the accursed one. And all of a sudden we are given meaning in several places in the scriptures but especially in the epistle to the Galatians chapter 3 and we read all who rely on observing the law are under a curse for it is written and he quotes Deuteronomy 27 verse 26 cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law and then we are told Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Now the meaning is very clear. He died that death for our salvation to spare us from eternal damnation to spare us from being thrown into the lake of fire. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. By his death, we are told he destroyed our death forever. He didn't destroy everybody else's death. He only destroyed the death of his elect people of God. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. By his death, he destroyed death for us forever. By his death, he defeated forever all our enemies once for all. He triumphed over them all. As the greater Joshua, all enemies are placed now under his feet. God the Father placed all things under his feet. Notice the idea. The five kings, the chiefs placed their feet on their neck. This is the idea. If you are a rebel, 
and if you rejected Christ and if you are hardened find your place under the feet of Jesus Christ and he will meet out in due time his severity on you and you shall never win and Saint Paul tells us in Colossians 2 and having disarmed the powers and authorities that means all evil powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the death of the cross the death of the cross was triumph Christ destroyed death and all enemies by his death on the cross Christ died Christ is risen Christ is victor Christ is Lord he is the savior but forget not this he is also the judge everything is placed under his feet hear then the gospel as the Canaanites heard the gospel repent for the kingdom of God is at hand it is coming with power kingdom of God is come means the king has come and he comes to save and he comes to judge he comes to soften your heart and he comes to harden the heart of those who would not listen to him so hear then the gospel repent for the kingdom of God is at hand as the Canaanites heard the news of the triumph of Joshua we are to hear and cause others to hear the triumph of Jesus over all his enemies and we are to tell us and tell others to repent there is no salvation without repentance it is false gospel being preached all around us and this nation we are to tell them to repent or eternally perish Jesus Christ himself said so in Luke chapter 13 repent or perish and everyone who calls isn't that wonderful everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be what saved as Rahab did as the Gibeonites did so what is the conclusion of the matter what is our responsibility are we to go and kill people we kill no one what should we do then what's our responsibility first responsibility is we must repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved that's the first thing we must do and if you have not done that you must do so if you have never feared this Christ you must fear and fall down before him and surrender to him kiss the son lest he be angry 
his anger may flare up at any moment. What guarantee you have that you will live tomorrow? Is there a guarantee? It's urgent that we must do the one thing needful, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are practicing sin as a Christian, you say, no, I repent of it and forsake my sin and turn to God. And secondly, you don't kill anyone. We proclaim the gospel of salvation to everyone. That's our responsibility. Joshua was charged to kill not us. Our way of doing is to proclaim the gospel. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. We must tell them. Tell them, kiss the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender to him and be safe from his wrath. But if anyone hardens his heart against the sovereign Lord Jesus, he shall be judged by him. Now God commands all people everywhere to repent and seek refuge in Jesus. And God commands that through me and through him and through your mother and through your father. God commands. And if anybody is telling you about the gospel, understand God is commanding through that person. Oh, we don't kill anyone, but let me read to you this. The gospel we proclaim becomes the smell of death to many. But to some, the elect of God, it is the fragrance of eternal life. It is amazing discrimination as the gospel is preached. Some, many people say it stings. To others, it is fragrance of life. And it happens as we hear the word of God. The third thing we must do is we must kill sin in us. That's something we must do. Not to massage and feed sin, but we are to do what? Kill sin in us. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says, The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord must depart from sin. We also have a responsibility to live a holy life worthy of our heavenly calling by mortifying daily the evil that is within us. And we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17 and understand that we are not perfect. Sin still dwells in us. Uh, 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other 
there is a conflict that is going on where? Within us. Within us. And we have to wage war. Give you the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. And it tells you, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You want to kill? Then kill the evil that is within us. And you read the same thing in Matthew 5, 29 and 30, Romans 13, 14. That tells us don't make any provision for the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 and Colossians 3, 5. And we must go on doing this until David die. It is an ongoing conflict. The view that is prevalent today that a Christian can sin all the more and be saved is the wicked doctrine of demons. We are called to be holy. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Anything that is different from this is the doctrine of demons. And finally, keep this in mind. I will read this from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Just listen to it. It will cause you to tremble. The reality that is awaiting when Christ comes. 2 Thessalonians 1, beginning with verse 6. God is just. He didn't say God is law, which is true, but here it is stated what? God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give you relief who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed at the second coming. From heaven how? In blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony. Keep that in mind. Consider what? The kindness and the severity of God. To you, kindness, if you continue in him. Heavenly Father, we have declared your word. The word is proclaimed. And we pray that you show mercy. Soften our hearts. That we may respond to you. Like Rahab did. Help us to cry out and say, have mercy upon us, a sinner. Help us, O God, to forsake evil and love holiness. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part two of this message entitled, When God Laughs, Watch Out, The Divine Doctrine of Judgment. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew 